0: The Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Emilio Diaz, and I'm joined by Andy
1: Gramuja, number one Juan Car Y, Stan Cullen, <laughs> That's a that's a bold claim to be making on this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
0: as Cullen's intro seems to suggest, today we're going to be talking about the films of Juan Car Y. His new box set of his, a collection of his films is being released by Criterion. This week, or I guess later this week. And that means that we're going to go back through his career and talk about his films. Particularly the ones that played at film festivals. In particular, we'll be talking about Chunking Express, In the Mood for Love, Happy Together, and 2046. Three of whom played at the Cannes Film Festival one of them played at the Stockholm Film Festival. Which I admit we don't usually cover on this podcast, but I would like to talk about all the Wong Kar Wai movies possible so yes so we'll begin by talking about chunking express which is one car wise fourth movie after uh as tears go by days of being wild and ashes of time it, w- it again it played the stockholm film festival where it won the foot prize And it sort of was, like, his big, like, arrival on the international stage. And I know it's both of yours first time watching it?
2: Yes. I I watched it for the first time today.
0: Okay, so...
1: I watched it for the first time yesterday.
0: Okay, so let's go by chronological order of watching it, Colin. What do you think of Chunking Express? You've seen it before me! (laughs) I don't count here. Colin, what do you (laughs) think of
1: Chunking Express? Um, I think it's good. Um, I don't want to say I was underwhelmed by it, but it does have this, like, crazy reputation where it's, like, you know, it is, like, canonized in a way, especially, like, amongst, like, other criterion releases um, and, like, in film communities. Um, and weirdly, because uh, Fallen Angels is, like, the sort of sister film, like, in a sequel, in a way, to it. Um, uh, I had seen that Previously, And that one I like a lot more. Um, but I do like a lot of what is happening in Junking. It's similarly... Um, like, he... he uh, uh, especially in the ones that I've seen. Because, like, when we talked about Happy Together... And we'll talk about it a little bit more also. Uh, but when we talked about that on the birthday episode for Emilio... Yes. I think. Um, I, I talked a lot about, like, uh, his, like... The way he uses color and, like, his style... Is like, very specific and uh, very Mm -hmm. much, like, my speed. Um, And Junking is, like, no exception, obviously. It's, like, very stylish. Even though, like, Fallen Angels is, like, stylish plus. Because it's got those, like, killer wide-angle lenses, which I just love. Um, And uh, let me get the guy's name right. I don't want to mess it up. Uh, Is it Takeshi Kinichiro?
0: Yeah, I think that's what it is.
1: He is, like, so good in uh, Fallen Angels. And he's also, like, really solid in Junking. But it's, like, you know, the weird sort of thing of it being, like, in a sense, a sequel. Even though, like, Wong Kar Wai himself is just, like, it's, like, uh, one movie, not a sequel. It's, like, all about the vibes of, like, uh, you know, this area at night. And um, Right. He's, like, it's the
2: other side of the coin or
1: whatever, right? is like, the way he describes it. Yeah uh but I, I he's really good in chunking, and then like um you've got uh Tony Lung, who's just like incredible and like um you know he's got that big uh the last line of chunking, where it's just like uh at, like wherever you want to go, I'll go or whatever it's like so good um and uh yeah, I liked it a lot, it's got a lot to, to like andy. Yeah,
2: I really, really responded to it. I think it's my favorite Wong that I've seen out of all the ones I've seen so far, Chunking is. Uh, It's, as with all of them, like, don't ask me what the plot is of any of them. Like, I I have a hard time tracking what's going on and who, like, who everyone is and what their deals are and stuff. But, like, I think it's, like, as a collection of, like, moments and, like... uh, expressions of like ecstatic feeling i think like it's like pretty hard to beat it's like i it's it's pretty uh like just like in terms of like moments of like filmmaking that like really get you going i think it's like it's way up there for me
0: what are those moments
2: oh god um you know i think about like and we talked about this when we talked about uh happy together but just like the way that he is able to capture like spaces and like small spaces especially like all the apartments and stuff that he is able to capture and um thinking of like the the scene where like that uh, the uh, the apartment is flooded right and he like is like going through and and um and, and sweeping up the water, and then the girl shows up with the fish, and she like is like, "Oh, I don't know how to lie or whatever anymore, or like, I don't like I get so confused or whatever. Like just like all that stuff, like it's really just like you really feel so grounded in like this time and this and this and this space specifically of of where of what it is for these two characters to be meeting in this place at this moment. And I think like that like that sort of impression, like really stays strong for me from these movies even if I am like not quite sure like where who, who's coming from where or, who, or who's going to what
0: yeah I mean I mostly agree Chunking Express was I think I'm trying to think about in the order I watch I think it is the fourth one Wide movie I watched and I think my response was sort of in the middle of you two of you two guys where I was like so Chunky Express has this huge reputation and it exists like al- almost alongside In the Mood for Love. It's like his masterpiece or like anything. And I watched it and I liked it less than basically all the other movies I've watched by him by by then, which is In the Mood for Love and its first two movies, which are as I said before. And but I think that it's sort of doing a disservice to what to i th- it's like it is the vibiest of his movies somehow is it, uh, <laughs> despite him being in like an incredibly vibey director like there is it's maybe the first half had like the narrative tissue is like almost inexistent like what what like how did it end like wh- where did it take those characters it's like um it's like a thing where almost any other director would make it u- feel unsatisfying but i sort of appreciate the levity that it has in comparison to some of his other work and Mm -hmm. i can see why it was such a big deal like as it's sort of like coming out because i think this is like if you watch the first two movies you can see all of the those stylistic things he does like those those stylistic things such as like his use of color and the cinematography and like the slowdowns and th- yeah the weird fades he can sometimes put on th- Saying and the non-linearity exists in his other movies in his first two mm-hmm. movies but they are certainly like at their at like their richest in chunking express and i just adore it i sort of i know I know the people who really love Chunky Express, so maybe this is something to ask you, too, of, like, what half of it you prefer. Because I know a lot of people who, like, adore the first half, and I'm sort of, like, meh on the first half, and then the Tony Long half I sort of love. So I'm wondering, like, what half you guys responded to more. Yeah. I
2: mean, I sort of think, like, the first half I was... That was the one where I was much more able to like grasp what was going on and it was like oh this guy is the guy like likes pineapple. Over the- right, like he's pining over the girl. He's like got this like weird pineapple thing that he's doing which I thought was very fun and like uh and like when he like finally like eats all the pineapple it's very funny. Um uh so like that I I was definitely like I felt like I I definitely I think it's good that that part comes first cuz it really does like I think bring you into the movie in a way where once I think the second half gets a little more like playing fast and loose with like the narrative and all that, uh, I think it like you're you're in with the movie already, so that when he goes to that other place, like you're you're ready to and locked in and ready to go along for the ride and like let the let maybe the confusion sort of bounce off you in a way. Um, so yeah, I th- I you know I think I think they are sort of like it's they are well placed together and it's like a really like beautiful sequencing of the stories um i guess i would probably say the second one like has higher highs uh uh and the first one is maybe a little more consistent but like there, i think i think they work very beautifully together
1: yeah i mostly agree i think like um higher highs is like a great way to put it because like as soon as i was thinking about it i was like the Dina Washington scene, like, with the plane is just, like, so good. Um, and uh, when I was watching that also, I just as, like, a side note, I was like, why do I recognize this song? It's, like, because it had been, like, in my head, like, that, like, what a difference a day makes line. And I was like, why do I know this so well? And it's because it's in Waves. And I just watched it, like, a month ago. And I was like, that's, like, very funny for me to get to that song, like, through Waves instead of this movie. Yeah. Um, but that, like, that scene is, like, one of my favorites, like, or probably my favorite scene in the movie. And then, like, the ending is, like, such a, like, great, like, uh, like, the sort of thing that I, like, just love as, like, an emotional payoff of just, like, these people together. <laughs> like, yeah. and But, I mean, like, like you said, like, the first is, like, so consistent. And, like, that actor, uh, Takeshi Kitano, I just think is, like, so good.
0: Yeah, he's, a he's charming dude. He's a charming yes. dude. He's, like... He's very funny. Yeah. Yes. He's very... He's
1: he's so funny in Fallen Angels also.
0: Yes. He's...
1: When he's massaging the pig. His intro is, like, one of my favorite scenes in any movie. He's extremely hot in Fallen (laughs) Angels. He's
0: so sexy in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just, like... Wong Kar Wai... He, like... Obviously, he's known for using Tony Long a lot. He's in a lot of his movies. Maggie Chung is in multiple of them. But he's good at just finding dudes who just, like, look good and are good and are very charming, just generally.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, um, Leon Le or Lai, also in uh, Fallen Angels, um, he's, like, the sort of, he's, like, the killer. Yeah. Um, he's in uh, this movie, Comrades, Almost a Love Story, uh, that also Maggie Chung is in. Um, and it's, like, another Chinese movie. Uh, and he's like the biggest like doofus in that movie it's like very funny that he's this like cool customer in fallen angels who's like killing a bunch of people uh and he's just like this dork in this other movie
0: yeah i mean it it's like it's it's just incredibly good vibes and I, yeah I mean, and yeah and like and like having seen a bunch of his
2: other movies now you can like i obviously like, like and you saying i obviously haven't seen the earlier ones but you can see like why this is the one that like sort of sets the template going forward for like what people are going to want out of a wong car Wai movie and like why like other fest like why can maybe starts to take notice of him out of this festival and it's like well that's like a vibe that we really want in our festival as much as possible going forward so we're gonna program him uh uh, if, for, for you know, as as often as we can or whatever going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was also it was also his breakthrough due to, yeah. uh, I mean, lover of Asian cinema who puts everybody onto them fairly. Quentin Tar- and lover of woo wear, yeah, woo wear, um, <laughs> Kangalhead, <hats. laughs> Trisha Paytas, yeah, feet, all that good stuff. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, yeah. who, like, brought the movie to Western shores, Like, back in 1996, he, like, r- distributed the movie, basically, himself under his production company at Miramax and, like, brought it to the West, which is, like, it it it's, like, cool to see how people got shots back then. Yeah. And so after that, he made Fallen Angels, which is, like, you know, a sort of sequel, sort of throat-clearing, sort of, like, an expansion of the themes that he he was like trying to do in the te- the third sort of thing the topic that he was trying to tackle in chunk in chunking express to, to the point where it's just like it's almost like the third seg- segment of chunking express like that is, that is yeah, how i think right. of it in my head it's just like, well and it
2: was initially right it was initially part of the same script and then he was like this would be too much for one movie so he spun it off into its own movie
0: yeah it it is yeah it is sort of fascinating to think about like what his process is because it's like his movies, they like aren't extremely linear. They're like very moment to moment. So it is. I would be fascinated yes. by just like reading a raw screenplay of his and just like. I uh, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, that would be so. And like what his process is on set, like I uh, bet there's a lot of like messing around and like throwing the script out on the day sort of stuff that he that he does. I would imagine. Yeah. You sort of get the feel of. Uh, like, yeah. th- he's he's willing to explore and play.
0: Yeah, and, and and it's just, like, obviously, one of his bigger collaborators is uh, Christopher Doyle, the cinematographer, who's, like, a sort of weird guy, to put it very lightly, and is sort of known for being a pretty difficult guy, and they, like, had some clashes, which is hard to... It's, like, interesting to imagine Wong Kar Wai being a guy who has clashes with people as a person who seems like the coolest man alive. Yeah. But, uh... I can I can imagine some like difficulty being found over just like so you want me to put the camera behind these like t- this like tainted window looking through like <laughs> these two people just like, hugging mean, yeah. for like twenty seconds but it it just I mean he makes it all work.
1: Yeah, I mean I mentioned a, a little bit about like the wide angle shots, uh, the cinematography in Fallen Angels is just so killer. <laughs> it's like, and then also like stylistically, you have like. The Kinetiro character who, like, only... It's, like, all narration. So, like, you have to wonder, like, how much they're just, like, hey, let's just, like, film this. Like, mm-hmm. him, like, dicking around with a pig and, like, cutting off feet and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, there's, like, the famous shot that is, like, you know, the poster uh, is, like, him and the girl on the bike at the end with, like, the cigarette. And it's just, like, right up in his face. It just looks so good. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, that one I think is still, like, I have a bunch to see, obviously, from his filmography, but uh, Fallen Angels, I think, is my favorite. It's just,
0: like, everything I want. And here's a, here's a like, sort of random question. Like, how, how many John Woo movies have either of you seen? Both. Zero, I think.
1: Uh, or no. I've seen, <laughs> I think I've seen Broken Arrow. <laughs> Hold and, on. And Let me he, look at my.
2: <laughs> uh, did I see? I have not seen that. No. Um, Mission Impossible Two might be it.
1: Oh yeah, and Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, I haven't seen like any of his like a Better Tomorrow or like Hard Boiled or anything like his uh, Chow Yun Fat Collapse. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've only seen Hard Boiled, which is like a perfect movie. But uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I was just like. I always just think about... John oh, L- I think I, d- I did see Paycheck uh
2: on, like, DVD rental, like, around the time it came out or whatever. That's so I funny. couldn't tell you anything about Paycheck, but I do believe I, I have seen Paycheck rules, it. honestly. <laughs> I don't recall liking it very much at the time, but uh, it seems like the sort of thing that people would think rules nowadays, certainly.
0: Maybe. Okay, so, like... The thing about Wong Kar Wai is that his career, his directorial career, g- sort of gets started off of like the filmmaking wave in Hong Kong that is sort of like kicked off by a Better Tomorrow. Like a Better Tomorrow, the the Wong, the John Woo movie, is like a huge success, and it sort mm-hmm. of like brings upon like a new wave of Hong Kong cinema. And like Wong Kar Wai's first movie, as the years go by, sort of attaches itself to that. And if like you watch it, you're sort of like. Oh, this is like a guy who maybe might have made John Woo movies in another universe, but instead decided to just like make romances, and it's so, and it and it's sort of like in an I- interesting like conversation with like the rest of his filmography, where it, where it is sort of a, a stylish movie about a guy with a gun, but it's like a gun in service of like keeping him away from the woman he loves. So it is interesting right. in that sort of way, but. I just say, say that to mean that, like, there are stylistic similarities between the both of their work, but you guys have not watched a lot of this movie, so it, it might not be... I have also... I I,
1: sort of I forgot I played uh, Stranglehold also.
0: Did you really play Stranglehold?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Stranglehold... I mean, this is, like, a, such a weird digression. Stranglehold was a game that I think I beat only through, like, renting it, like, a week to week to week for, so like, a month <laughs> and a half. <laughs> Wait, wait, explain to me what this is. This
2: is a video game that
0: so this John Woo directed or something? Yeah, John Woo Stranglehold, which is like... Uh, uh, and it's...
1: Chow yeah. Yun-Fat is like the lead of the game. What platform it's like was you're it just, just, It's like PS2? Like PlayStation 2 and Xbox? Okay. Yeah, like... um, It's that era. Sure. And then it's just like... So he you, like, like shot
2: real footage with Chow Yun-Fat, and no, then you would... I don't think so. so. I think it was just like no?
1: his creative endeavor, and it's like... The story is his, and then um, and the story is his. But it's and, mostly and just then, like, like
0: all the gameplay is just like you slow mo. You can slow mo and shoot things yeah. like Max Payne style.
1: It's so cool, and they have like uh, they have um, doves everywhere that you can like uh, jump through, and they'll like float in the air. It's just like very fun and cool <laughs> as, as I remember it. You know, when I was like twelve or whatever. Sure.
0: Yeah. And with that, we can move on to in the mood for love. I mean, again, like, after that is Happy Together, which he won Best Director I Can for, which is, like, a breakthrough. We already talked about Happy Together in our 1997 My Birthday episode. You can go back and listen to that. We're not going to talk about Happy Together again here. Really great movie. Good movie.
1: Recommended. Yeah. And I guess (laughs) – oh, I I should say uh, this is, like, re-watching Fallen Angels today and, like, watching Junking yesterday and just thinking about uh, Happy Together, like – Smoking is so cool looking at his God movie, God just knows how to shoot it. <laughs> no,
2: no, no. You can't deny that it looks cool in his movies. I mean, I think it... You know, I'm I'm a little skeptical still. I think... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Um. And I guess I would also just, I guess, say... I think all, all three of those movies are on Criterion Channel. If you are a sure, subscriber, yeah. so you can watch them now. They're all also on the, the box,
0: huh, I think? Right, or yeah, I mean, believe you so. Yes, you don't have... Yeah. You can buy them if you want yes. to. If you own a thing that plays Blu-ray, which is like not, a com- not that common a thing nowadays. But uh, In the Mood for Love, one of the greatest yes. movies of all time. Maybe it is. Andy, you've watched it the most recently. What do you think of In the Mood for Love?
2: Yeah, the most recently is like six months ago. So please, uh, listeners, be gentle if I don't remember uh, that much about it but i did i uh i liked in the mood for love quite a bit when i watched it um i th- don't know if it's stayed with me quite the way that like happy together did um but it is like that i it is i guess the one, like it's it is similar to happy together in my mind it it, it in, in that it is just that like zoom in on two characters right and like really like going to be like or going to be like we're just gonna, like, live in, like, this relationship and explore, like, all these different facets of it. Um, uh, I, th- yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's a, obviously a beautiful movie, like, ever. it has that reputation, it, it's, uh, uh, and it, and it, you really do sort of feel all, all the feelings uh, when you see it, and that's sort of what I re- remember from it uh, when, when I do, um, when I do think back on it and and that ending with the like the whispering into the hole and all that which is going to come back into play in 2046 when we talk about it um, I think it's like incredible
0: it's an incredible ending Cullen do you have any solid memories of, of In the Mood for
1: I mean nothing beyond just like what Andy was sort of saying of just like you know there's like the music is, like, the big thing that I think about often, of just, like, the dun-dun-dun, and as it, like, starts and then, uh, you know, you'll just, like, look at Tony wong like, against a wall for a second, like, as he's, like, smoking, it's, like, very, uh, very slight memories. It's truly, like, been, like, six or seven years.
0: Yeah, no, In the Mood for love. Long is incredible, I know. Am... It's, like, It's a movie that when I watched it the first time, I sort of took for granted. I sort of, like, watched it with, like, the pressure of expectation and was, like, slightly... uh, It was, like, a movie where I was slightly underwhelmed having just watched it, and then, like... It wasn't even, like, a full night later. I was like, oh, is that one of the greatest movies of all time? And it's just, like, it hit me... Just, like, every single moment of it just hit me all at once, like, after thinking about it for a while. And that's, like the way his movies tend to affect me though i think after like because that was my first one of his but i think uh, after watching more of them i sort of like can engage w- with them in the moment more and i d- it's just, like one of those things where he's such a like moment to moment director like all of what i appreciate about his like mm-hmm. filmography and his films is that they're so like tactile they're such about like moments and feelings and the way things sound and the way things feel and the way things look uh, uh, more than they are about like telling a like moment to moment story he is sort of like avant-garde in that way where it's like more about it's like it's like not fully rejecting traditional like narrative structure but it's but it's sort of like more coupling together a story out of just like these individual moments of these people's lives which is like sort of very accurate to the way love feels to me I think a lot of times where it's just like you rarely ever think of a person in terms of like, your entire arc together and more of just, like, about those moments that, like, hit Mm -hmm. you and, like, those things that remind you of them and the, like, things that could have been and the things that did happen and the, like, turns you could have taken in your life. And this is maybe something I'll talk about more in 2046, which is a movie I've watched more recently and have a lot of thoughts about that. But, like, In the Mood for Love is such a, like, perfect distillation of everything he does well in that I guess except for, like, maybe, like, the sort of zaniness like goofiness of like something like chunking and fallen angels it is maybe like the sort Mm -hmm. of straightest of his movies yeah but apart from that just like its use of music its use of like every single stylistic thing he does like to slow down like just like maggie chung walking up a stair and yeah and uh Tony Long walking down the stair and just like the mul- the like so everything that those small moments communicate like I remember the yeah. first time I was ever even aware of Wong Kar Wai was me taking a college screenwriting class and the teacher just playing for us like that scene out of context and like I remember like watching it and being like I don't know what she's on to because she was the whole time she was like are you seeing this this is so incredible this yeah. is like the greatest piece of Filmmaking of all time, and me just being like, I have no context for this. I cannot grasp this at all. (laughs) And then me like, then me like, two years later, finally watching the movie and being like, Oh no, yeah, this is like, this is what movies should be. It's just like two people like looking at each other and wanting something and not being able to get it. And it's like, that's like Tony Long's performance is so incredible in it, and I think it's incredible in Twenty Forty Six. And I'll talk again. I'll talk about it more specifically there, but just like his tiny deflections the way his like quiet desperation like combined with just like how fucking charming he is and how goddamn handsome he is it's just like it and also like maggie like maggie chung who is like
1: i mean just one of the best
0: (laughs) yeah you had anything to say andy
2: i mean yeah it really is like yeah we're certain like it really does like weirdly engage like so many of your senses like that's like really what you do feel like he is zeroing in on is just like giving you like the sights and the sound enough of the sights and the sounds to like sort of leave you with the impression that like you're even the other senses that you have that aren't really able to be engaged uh by a movie are engaged like he's it's like so overflowing with the like just like that that like the grand, the gra- the grandiosity of the visuals and the and the sounds that like it, it overflows into everything else and just like leaves you sort of like overwhelmed and like and just and just you know struck by like the power of of that like that image and 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 sound like combining to 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 tell a, a story of a moment.
1: Yeah, and like th- there's a the thing in Junking where he's like. Uh, you know, like, we were this, like, 0.01, like, centimeters away was, like, how close we were. And then that's, like, when I fell in love or whatever. It's, like, uh, they, like, touch on that a lot. And then um, just, like, baseline of, like, happy together is very much just, like, this, um, like, loving someone who, like, can't get out of their own way, like, sort of. Mm -hmm. And then... It, like, very, very loosely what I remember of In the Mood for Love. It just, like, the like Amelia was saying, was, like, the desperation and just, like, pure, like, longing and, like, a glance. And, like, he, he gets it, like, 100%. And then also, just you saying uh, how much it is just, like, the music and, like, the visuals. It's, like, almost sensory overload. And then, like, he's such a, just, like, from what little I've seen, he's such, like, a uh, maestro with, like, color palettes mm. of, like, Thinking about, like, uh, Happy Together, it's, like, and I could just be, like, fully talking out of my ass, but it's, like, I just remember that movie as, like, being green. And then, like, obviously, In the Mood for Love is just, like, all, like, reds and, like, oranges (laughs) and, uh, King and, uh, Fallen Angels are, like, very, like, blue and, like, that sort of, like, low, uh, that night feel, like, the darks and, like, the sort of neon of the lights. But, like, uh in the mood for love it's like that scene of like when it is like the slow-mo starts the music kicks in and it's just like all everything at once and it's just like you like can't catch your breath really yeah yeah and there's like
0: there's 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 just so many beautiful moments in it and like 2046 calls back to them but just like them standing against that wall and just like and it's just like his use of all these styles, like the slow mo and the music and the colors, it's it's just like it's sort of it is necessary because if you like break it down, it's a movie about like a guy in a suit and a lady in a dress just like being near each yes. other the whole time, right. and not really yes. doing yes. it, occupying space, Ocu- yes. occupying <laughs> a similar space, and like having <laughs> conversations sometimes,
2: but like, right? But not ever really talking about what they want to be talking about, <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, just like yeah, because even like yeah, it's just so brilliant and it and the way he gets that just like the way in which love can and just like relationships can go wrong and and it's just like sort of nobody's fault it's just like circumstantial or just you just meet people at the wrong time or just just like you can't give up on certain aspects of your personality and there's just like so many things going on in every given in any given moment that you can't just like let it go and it And yeah, and just, like, the performances communicate that in a way that's beautiful, and just, like, the music, and just, like, the he he has the same for just, like, repeating this these, like, similar sound cues. And in a way that I thought, like, if any other director used it, I would find it, like, eventually, like, either grating or, like, be, like, boring. I get it, but if somehow, like, he manages to use it in a way that is moving every single time, and I think that's because he's very good at, like, recontextualizing things of just, like, using the sort of frustration that is inherent to repetition to his like benefit in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and you can sort of see why in the mood for love became this like art house like hit this sort of like powerhouse where it sort of like captured the world and it's like bbc list of like top 10 greatest foreign films of all time and all of this stuff. Tony Long won best actor at prize. Christopher uh, uh, this actor at can. Christopher Doyle won a technical grand prize at can. It, it's yeah, just like it's both like instantly. Re- it's like it was both instantly recognized and just like everlasting due to how like simple and I don't want to say universal because that's sort of a like dumb word, but it's just like. It's so basic that anyone can sort of appreciate what it's doing, I think. And I think that's what its greatest strength is as a movie, is that it sort of exists as this sort of like perfect template of a story to soak up all of his like eccentricities and stylistic choices to make this sort of like powerful and cogent story that almost anybody can get despite it being like sort of slow and again not really having a like very dense moving forward plot which is sort Mm -hmm. of a thing i enjoy thinking about because it's like again of uh, me making a weird comparison i think about tony scott's unstoppable in the same way and the way it it, though that the link i'm making is that tony scott is a is like a filmmaker that i do really like but i sometimes feel like he's doing a lot stylistically. And then Unstoppable is sort of like the movie that is sort of just like so basic that it can just soak up all the style like a sponge and it just works perfectly. And that's why I think it's his best movie. And I think it's a movie that is sort of incredible to witness. And I think that is sort of on the same plane that like In the Mood for Love is operating to I think a lot of people might not be exposed to it or very familiar with his style where it's just like it's such a basic story that you can appreciate what every single minute detail and stylistic choice is is like working towards at any given moment.
1: Yeah. It's like fodder for getting the style out and like getting the feeling out like
2: Yeah. Um, um, um and I guess yeah, it does it does make me really want to like talk about them and especially in this way. It does really make me want to see them in the theater see them like in oh my like, god i could not imagine. um i think like i would weep.
1: Ha- right being i mean
2: yeah god being closed in that space and like giving it your full focus and attention in the way that you do when you're in a the theater god i can i can't only imagine uh because yeah i've seen all all of these movies i've seen like like streaming essentially like uh like i um uh uh in the mood for love i watched at new york film festival uh, streaming from their website like in the middle of watching a bunch of other movies and then these other ones you know I watched on uh, on Criterion Channel and then 2046 we'll talk about where I watched that um, but yeah I and I mean I wondered I guess we should maybe also mention now like there's like that light con- sort of controversy going around about like the remasters and the the, the restorations and, the restora- and like the right, color grading like how the color grading yeah. has been maybe shifted a little bit um I don't like I I haven't I don't really have a take on that yeah. really.
0: I mean, I don't know if we really need to talk about like Yeah. I am I, I am a gigantic One Car Wai fan. My take on it is that I don't care. Right,
2: yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. It's it is I yeah I and I, I think it is interesting that
0: I, I don't want to misrepresent the position, but I think even he's been like I don't know it just looks different. I wanted to to look one way then, and now it looks a different way. And I don't and I well, don't and I don't really.
1: Yeah, there is like drama now with like that maybe it's like a fuck you to Christopher Doyle because they have such beef. Yeah, which yeah we will leave we'll leave, it, very we'll leave
2: it at that. I think. Um, oh. but yeah, I, I it does like I wonder like with these like restorations coming out now like and they would have been like played in the in theaters as part of these festivals if it wasn't for the digital necessities of, the, of them like i do wonder like yeah what 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 seeing these movies in a the theater now would be like because i think it really would be incredible
1: yeah i mean yeah um and then also we it, it didn't play any festivals um but Amelia, i know did you want to talk about days of being wild for a bit because there is like a sort of similar like to chunking and fallen angels there's like a through line between that and the mood for love in 2046 right
0: okay so we can just move into 2046 and i'll talk about it so 2046 is movie came out 2004 it played 2003 can it uh didn't win anything there apparently the version that was at 2003 can was like a very early rough cut that had like some sort of messed up it's messed up effect stuff like the the movie has effects in it like very lightly it has like it 's sort of futuristic thing like if you if, right. like, if like if, yeah. if you want to vaguely describe the plot of twenty forty six it 's about like the main character like he is both living in a hotel. <laughs> it was in the hotel room, twenty forty seven, at a at a hotel, and writing a story called twenty forty six about the future. About the future, and there's like ways in which those two aspects interlace. But it's like not, it doesn't do a lot in the future. Just like occasional diversions that I think mm. are very good. But I can certainly see like those aspects looking rougher if the effects are rougher because it has some like weird sci fi stuff at the beginning, which can be a little off putting. But so as for the link that Cullen was talking about, so the the two characters in In the Mood for Love are both... Both of them are in Days of Being Wild. And then both of them are... Well, I guess really only the Tony Long characters in 2046. There, there is some cutting to the Maggie Chung character in in 2046. But it, I guess the three movies... Sort of tell it, it's like Diva Being Wild is this movie about these bunch of like young people they who sort of like are sort of living in a hotel and it's like this guy who's like sort of a who like will sort of fall in love with a lady and then like not want to in and leave them behind and then one of the ladies that he sort of leaves behind is the is sort of the is the Maggie Chong character from In the Mood for Love and then also the Tony Long character is in like a different part of that movie. And then obviously they come together in In the Mood for Love. And then 2046 is a movie that very much exists in the shadow of In the Mood for Love. It is sort of, it is much more of a sequel and response to In the Mood for Love than like In the Mood for Love to Days of Being Wild. It is like, it it makes multiple references. There are shots from In the Mood for Love. There is also like a a slight callback to Days of Being Wild. Like there's a moment where the Tony Long character, like, talks to a lady and she's like oh i remember you from before and she's like i don't really remember you like i reminded you of your boyfriend or whatever and that is a thing that happens in days of being wild like that is the thing that they are Mm -hmm. calling back to Mm -hmm. but andy what did you think of 2046
2: 2046 uh it's so much movie it's like a lot of stuff and I think I struggled with it a little bit, partially probably because I was watching a terrible print that is available on Amazon Prime and also on, like, Tubi and, like, a couple of other, like, free-with-ad streaming services uh, that is, like, both letter-and-pillar-boxed and, like, has the subtitles. It's, like, it did not look ed- the way it should. Uh, so, I and and then it was just, like, yeah, the, the sci-fi stories and also the, like, the the, the, like, yeah, it was just it was very, it was a very overwhelming movie experience and I don't really feel like I got a handle on it it, like, left me, like, wanting to, like, see it again and, like see if I could get more of a handle on what was happening in it just because I felt like there was so much going on in it that I didn't quite wasn't able to walk away with, like, super coherent thoughts, I feel like
0: Yeah, I fucking... It's, like, one of the greatest movies ever made, I think. I think it's so... so, I agree that it's dense, and in some way that it's sort of, like, an encapsulation of everything he did across his career and the fact that there are, like, references to multiple different of his movies, like I said before, but also just, like, casting choices and different things that just stylistically, which are, like, directly calling back to other ones of his movies, and it, it is also sort of about a writer processing like what love is so it it sort of feels Mm -hmm. more in direct conversation with his other movie than than they tend to be and that like the like the Tony Long character goes on these monologues about like what love is and all of these realizations he's coming to and I just Mm -hmm. found that like so powerful and compelling and moving it's just like so gorgeous in so many parts like for Colin, who didn't watch it, and for our listeners who might not watch it, it's like the Tony Long character is a writer who is living in a hotel. He is writing this story called 2046, which is like a sort of futuristic story. And at the same time, he's living in a hotel. These like women cycle through his life, and he has like a yeah. different relationship to all of them. And it's like the one of them is played by Fei Wong from Chunking Express. Gong Lee plays another one. Uh, Zhang Ji from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon plays another one. And it's just like, and just, like, the way those, like, relationships both intersect and, like, sort of, like, the 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 conclusions that that character comes out of the end of every single one of them is just, like, so brilliant and just, like, the tactility of their relationship. Like, I, p- I think particularly the, the Zhang Jiji stuff, like, just, like, their relationship, like, Zhang Jiji plays this, like, lady who, like, moves into 2046, which is the hotel room up, like, next to him. And she is like sort of you can she sort you can sort of like they aren't clear about it but you can sort of infer that she is like a sort of lady of the night. She is a sort of pro- she like goes on dates with guys and like and and but she is like sort of looking for a more stable relationship and then like Tony Long lives next to her and they sort of like become they have they sort of have a weird relationship because tony long like sort of tries to set him up with one of his friends set her up with one of his friends and then she doesn't she doesn't appreciate that and then the tony long and her become friends and then they become like more intimate but tony long insists on like paying for every time they have sex despite Ji Ji being clear that she does not want that and just the twists and turns that that takes and just how heartbreaking it is at the end by just like the, the realization that they come down to of just like how they can't be together they just met each other at the wrong time like the entire like if the movie has like this grand unifying thing that it sort of like comes to a conclusion it's like which was sort of makes it like the most direct connection to in the mood for love it's like it's a movie about this guy like after the the like events of in the mood for love being like I want that again and then just trying and trying and failing and just realizing like that's not something I'm ever going to find again. And and if like my entire relationship with women is going to be finding something that I lost or something that I was frustrated by, then I'll never find it again. And that it's just like so powerful because of it just like it hits it just hits my brain in a weird part where I just like think it's like the most beautiful thing ever made. Yeah. and it's like there's like the fei Wong character which is like a character where w- who the whole time he knows her she's just like in love with a different person and he's just like oh that's inter- that's like an interesting thing like it sort of becomes this like platonic thing of him hell of him helping her and then he he starts being like hmm but do i love her and then that is the sort of part that engages with the the future stuff more because then he like they're both writers and they have this relationship where they help each other write. and eventually he writes a story about her about like this robot on like this on like the future train that is the 2046 in the Mm -hmm. story and just like the conclusion he comes out there just like of him being like oh no she isn't not getting my advances she's just like not into me so so it's like so that's and she'll never be into me because she's into another person and i know no right. and i know what that is because of in the mood for love and that is sort of great and then the gong Li stuff yeah. is just like the gong Li character is named exactly the same as the the lady from in the mood for love and he's just like oh maybe that's interesting maybe that means i should be with this lady be and then at the end he's just like no nah, i can't be with this lady either she's just like i'm just trying again i'm trying to do the inf- the mood for love thing again and just like that like sort of harmful but like understandable repetition of just like trying to find the things that made you happy before and trying to like be like oh no I'm past that and I'm gonna live a carefree life and then like sort of wanting that again and like the struggle that exists within that character is such a like heartbreaking continuous tale and I just really really adore what it's doing on it on like almost every level I think it's gorgeous to look at the moments of intimacy he had with every one of this, these women, like when, and when you were talking about like watching it in a theater and like how engaged you would be with that, it, yeah. it, that's like an interesting comment because a lot of times watching Wong Kar Wai movies, I have this feeling of just like, just because how it's made, I'm like should I even be watching this? This seems like I am staring at two people in front of me, like having this intimate moment. And it's sometimes like almost hard to watch in terms of that. So I I do like mm. think about like what would watching that movie and be having to be fully extremely engaged with it would do to me because just like <laughs> it is an ent- it is such a personal like brand of filmmaking of just like the way that they touch each other. There's, like, this great shot where it's, like, they're both him and the John Gigi character, are like, drunk in a car, and, and he, like, puts his hand on her lap while drunk, and then she moves it off, and then he they both grab each other. He grabs her hand, and then the, the seat ends on that shot that just, like, communicates more than, like, most movies of a solid plot that I've ever watched. And there's, like, a very good uh, Manola Dargis quote from, like, her review of 2046 that I wanted to read. Where it's like, routinely criticized for his weak narrative, Mr. Wong is one of the few filmmakers working in commercial cinema who refused to be enslaved by traditional storytelling. He is the first and certainly not the only one to pry cinema from the grip of classical narrative to take a pickaxe from the usual three-act architecture, (laughs) while also dispatching the art denning requirements, redemption, closure, ad nauseum that have turned much of big Hollywood into a creative dead zone. Like, some avant-garde filmmakers, like his contemporary Ho Shao Shen of Taiwan, among precious few other details, Wong Mr. Wong makes movies still a young art, create meaningful visual images, not just words. And it's like, I think often we talk about, like, visual poetry or whatever, like, right. jerk turn, term we want to talk about movies, but I think yeah. <laughs> he actually does that in a way where he'll just, like, put three shots together and that'll like barely have a plot and you like completely get what he's doing? And it's just like, you'll completely get the gist of it. And it's like, not important, like what is actually happening as much as like you understand the emotional reality that these people are living in and what these like beats are trying to communicate, which is funny because it's like, I watched Philadelphia story last night, which is like an old, like an old Hollywood, like sort of love, like screwball comedy and I, and it is interesting in that I think they are Wong is trying to operate at that level also a bit where I think his movies like obviously they're a lot about like often about these like cats who like go around with different women and they have this this sort of like oh I can't be with you but I can't be without you you know relationship to them and it's just like but the difference in approach is so stark that. It just has a vitality that I don't think most movies have. And I think that is why, like, Wong, Karwai is, like, one of my favorite directors. Just because I don't think anybody else is giving him what he gives me. And I think that's what I really appreciate about him. Sorry to hog the conversation. Yeah.
2: No, yeah, it's great. I love how you're starting to. I do. Thinking about 2046, I guess, like, of the ones I've seen, it is certainly the most ambitious on like the on like a time scale right like I feel like most of the other movies like are on a fairly compressed timeline or like or at least like are have a feel don't feel it quite as wide-ranging as 2046 does where it's like jumping around and it like it's throwing up title cards of like what year it is and like you, so many of the events happen on various Christmas eves. Um, uh, it's, like, a recurring motif in it, and, like, then there's also, like, the, you're in the world of, like, the story that he's writing, which is, like, the sci-fi future sort of world. Um, yeah, and, like, I, I do, like, I really admire the ambition. I love the, the, the motif of the title cards of, like, the, it's what, it's, like, ten hours later, and then, like, a hundred hours later, and then, like, a thousand hours later, or whatever. Like, those, I think, are just, like, jaw-dropping of, like, yeah, this is, like, how you how you use this sort of uh tool uh to like really like effectively like 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 make your your audience a, a feel for your characters. Yeah um
0: repeated use of Bing Crosby's the Christmas song.
2: Yes, true.
0: Um I gotta say this movie. I mean Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I th- I mean I think it's like I if it's a movie that like again a lot of the times the relationship I have with this movie, it's like I watch it and I sort of respond to them one way. And then like an hour later, I'm like, oh, that's the greatest thing ever made. And like 2046 is the f- maybe the only one, I guess, David being wild, maybe I was the same way. But 2046 is the only one where I was like, oh, no, this is astonishing. And I was like taking screenshots of it and I was like, like clutching my fist at like the, the moments that that Tony Long has with all these different actresses. It's like an impeccably cast movie. I mean, like Don Lee, John Gigi, Faye Wong, they all give like pretty incredible performances in it. It's it's, in particular, Zhang Gigi, who it's like an actress. I should watch more stuff. by Because every time I see her on screen, I'm like, she's the fucking greatest. And she's like the best in the goddamn best.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I will say like the strongest image that has stayed with me from the movie, which I watched. Yes. Well, I watched it in parts. I watched, like, the first, like, 40 minutes, and then I uh, was too tired, and so I continued on later. Um, the recurring image that is sticking with me is, like, the image of his pen, like, hovering over the paper, yeah. and, like, he like when he can't, like... Yeah, and then it, does, it, it literally
0: does, like, SpongeBob, like, one hour later, and the pen yeah. is, like, in the exact <laughs> same spot. It's... <laughs> and it's just... It's incredible.
2: Like, it's, like... It communicates so much with, like, not that much at all. And, like, it is, like, a little funny, but also, like, emotionally devastating at the same time. And you're, like, totally in his head of, like, how he must be feeling and reacting and, like, processing. Um, I think it's, yeah, like, that image alone, I think, is, like, definitely, like, worth the price of admission to see this movie.
0: Yeah. It's, like, like the one that, it's, like, his most non-linear... and the best use of yeah. time in any of it may be the best use of like different times in any movie ever. I think it's just like, oh God, the ending, it has like three endings and all of them were fucking gorgeous and brilliant. And Tony Long is both like the hottest and most heartbreaking that anybody has ever been in any movie. I think in it and it's There's just a- so immaculate. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go on
1: yeah if you had anything else to say go ahead mine is so No I'm not. um i was trying to <laughs> find like a youtube sort of like cuz i didn't want to like you know mispronounce tony lungs name so i was trying to find one of just like this is how you, like an interview with him where it's like this is how you pronounce his name and uh, the 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 top comment you know it's always funny to look was uh, he's way older than my dad but he's so hot i'm crying <laughs> 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 and i was like that's such a specific like what a funny thing to say um but yeah tony lung
0: what a guy yeah, what a guy he's f- good in good in everything i've seen him in he great at, great in all yeah, the wrong car wise fucking great in hardboiled the the to <laughs> just great though i truly have nothing else to say about him this might be the end of the episode <laughs> the the, end of the episode and uh, with that, yeah. Andy, do you want to do the plugs?
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, I can do that. So, uh, you can, uh, follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It. You can follow us on Letterbox at C I C I K I Pod. Um, all one word. Uh, you can follow me. On Twitter and uh, Letterbox etc. at Andy Germ A N D Y T G E R M. Uh, if you like what we're doing and want to kick us a through a few bucks to help us out, uh, we you can donate on Coffee that's K O ficom uh, dot com slash Can I C A N N E S I. Uh, any donation there really uh, lifts our spirits and makes us feel like we're doing a good job and is very much appreciated um Cullen
1: uh yeah I'm clanchely on everything C-L-A-T-C-H L-E-Y and I've been watching so much stuff trying to find something that I should plug Um, that's
2: right oh I should plug I guess I should I finished the Sopranos finally and so I just want to plug that the Sopranos is an extremely good television series that I recommend that you watch uh, if you have not already now there's never been a better time you got the uh Many Saints of Newark movie coming out uh just about six months from now I believe uh, his, God, it was delayed so, so for uh for, for next year's awards season. Um and uh yeah that season the last that last season, two part season, uh they uh they don't come to play. They really uh go for it, uh in every way that you can imagine and it's uh wonderful. Sorry, Colin, back to you. No, please.
1: It's great. Um whatever way we can sneak Sopranos talk onto the pod. Yeah. Um so I think I'm gonna plug. This movie, Dishonored, uh, from 1931. I've been going through these, you know, back in the States, back with a Criterion Channel subscription, going through these uh Dietrich, uh, Dietrich and Joseph von Sternberg movies. And this is, I believe, the third collaboration. Um, and it's a movie about um, a, you know, Austrian spy spying on the Russians, and it's Marlene Dietrich, Marlene Dietrich. And you know, we're talking about cool people in movies, she's maybe the coolest person to have ever lived, uh, and then especially in Dishonored, she's just incredibly just like the coolest customer. She plays a spy, um, but there's a moment at the beginning of the movie, basically, where you know, we're talking about with Kar Wai of like doing something that's like pretty simple, but then like stylistically. It's just, like, taking it to the next level. And that's, like, von Sternberg's, like, he does that a lot from what I've seen so far. And there's a moment where Marlene Dietrich just, like, walks into the camera, basically, uh, and starts playing the piano. But it's, like, her face, like, takes up the frame and then, like, goes past it, essentially. And it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in a movie. I was, like, freaking out, and I had to rewind, like, five times just because I was, like, I've never seen anything like this. And uh, it's just one of the best movies that you could ever see. Um Watch Dishonored, folks. It's so good. Uh, and then, um, you know, our fourth co host not here, um, but you can follow her on Twitter and Letterboxd at JP Glickweber.
0: You could follow me on Twitter at I'm Left Alone, and you can follow me on Letterboxd at i Left Alone. Do I post that frequently on Letterboxd these days? Not really, but there's some heat on there. You should check it out. Our theme song is by Tree Related. You can find them at Soundcloud.com slash Tree Related and search Tree Related on Spotify. Oh, and now, well, actually, you know what? I'll plug something. Watch Hard Boiled. Hell yeah. Watch Hard Boiled. That's a good, great fucking movie. Tony Long is great in it. Uh, it has the greatest shot that Wong Kar Wai had not directed in in a movie, which is like a guy lighting his cigarette by leaning towards a fire on a burning car. And uh, you should just watch. And it's just like incredible. So you should watch Hard Boiled. And apart from that, I guess I can release our audience now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Looking from a window above,
0: it's like a story of love. Can you hear me? Came back only yesterday, moving further away.